liked when we were like, uh, uh. Welcome to How to Ski It, the podcast dedicated to the art, thrill, and soul of skiing. I'm Ryan, I'm here with my friend Dave, and we're going to talk about skiing. What's up, hoser? What's up, dude? <laughs> so I think... Uh, that was our intro that we're going to use every week. Every week. So get used to it. So uh, first and foremost, why don't we uh, tell people why we're starting a podcast? Uh... I still can't find it in the script, but it had something to do that we're dedicated to the art and thrill and the soul of skiing. No, we started a podcast. So we're a digital media company in Boulder, Colorado called BCC Live. And How to Ski It is a passion project. And there aren't going to be sponsors or if you want to sponsor it and you're like a nonprofit or something dedicated to skiing or growing the sport or saving the environment... We'd be happy to make you a sponsor free of charge or something like that. My my point is we don't have any sponsorship plans that we want this to be just like how our skiing is. And it's just for fun and it's just to have a good time. And that's what How to Ski It is. A couple years ago, we took a GoPro skiing and we were like, we should make a video that shows people how to ski this one specific run, like what's the best way to go about it. And we made a video and like 10 people watched it. And once you get 10 followers on YouTube, what do you do next? You start a podcast because everyone has a podcast. So why shouldn't we have a podcast? You start a podcast. We're hoping you can give some insight. We can give you some insights um, into a very overused term. And that's. Get them. And Go we'll, get him. And we'll talk about Broski at some point. He's the tax hound if he barks at you. It's probably that you don't pay your taxes is what we've figured out because we don't know why he barks at some people. But anyway, back to how to ski it. Um, the overused term that I was about to mention is soul skiing. But I think it's accurate to what we do, and that's we don't make a living from skiing. We don't do anything professionally with skiing we just love to ski. Skiing's the best. Skiing is the best. So, um, episode one, you know, no plan. Ryan's script doesn't work in Microsoft Teams, so I can't read it. But um, not a great start to the season. We're here in mid-November, and snowpack is down 50%. Ski areas are open. Um, and ski passes are still for sale. Yeah, when you say ski areas are open, barely. You know, I feel bad if someone planned their vacation with the you know one or two runs open at the at the big resorts here in Colorado, and even uh, some places in Utah are delaying. So, really rough start. Um, I remember the year I moved out here, we were skiing uh, skiing on Halloween, and so now we're halfway through November. It's it's not good. The earliest I've ever really skied was early October at Keystone skied like legitimate powder on the front side. Uh, this is back. I'll, I'll age myself. This is back in the early nineties, late eighties. So it's been a while. And then I went to college at Western state, uh, earn a degree while you ski. And we used to ski Cottonwood pass 
this time of year. But this year, I think you'd be hard-pressed to be doing any of that. Um, and then you were talking about it's not just Colorado, Utah. I read that Alta had delayed its opening. Yeah, um, it's crazy. Like two weeks. And after the season we had last year, to hear that it's been delayed two weeks is painful. So Yeah, and then your buddy up in Tolerize sent us that photo with no snow whatsoever on the hill. Tom Watkinson is his name. Yeah. And we met Tom. Uh, I met Tom in college at Western State in Gunnison. And we used to play rugby together and ski together and stuff. And we still keep in touch. But that kind of takes us to our next subject is we're going to go see Tom this year because, uh, Ryan, tell us about your ski pass situation. What'd you get? I got two. I didn't get one. I got two. Let's very, hear it. The very first time ever I got the Icon and the Epic. The Icon has always been my go-to with Eldora up the road from our office. But you know what? There's more mountains to be explored. I had to do it. I had to pull the trigger. Yeah, and with each pass costing roughly $1,000, and this was at least my strategy. I got two also, me and Ryan playing this. But um, I got two passes also. But I bought my Icon pass, and as Ryan said – because we're so close to Eldora, that's a must because we're going to ski there as much as anywhere. I bought that in the spring, like basically the day they went on sale. I'd been planning to buy it, get it out of the way, don't take that big financial hit, and just get it done. And then come like September, I started thinking about skiing Vail and skiing Prima Pronto, skiing Chair 11, Chair 10 bumps. I'm kind of a frontside guy at Vail, but... Um, maybe more of the advanced skiing. I wanted to go back to Vail, but that's where I was just talking about Tom Watkinson with the Epic Pass. We can ski Telluride this year, and we can also go ski Whistler, um, which are two places. I've skied Telluride when I was younger and in college and stuff. Haven't been there in 20 years, and I've never skied Whistler, although I've been there seven or eight times in the summertime. Yeah, no, I, I've I've been to Canada in the summertime, but never in the winter. So it'll be it'll be cool to see if we can make a trip up there. And I'm more excited. I've never skied at Vail. Um, I've been to Beaver Creek, but you know, and Breckenridge. But there's some mountains out there that I I'd like to explore, and I think we can take the How to Ski a Brand along with us. And uh, yeah, and and I w- I would say don't panic about the this, snow. Conditions. Oh no, I mean, what it was two years ago, it was similar. Yeah, I'd say don't panic. We've had years like this, and we are going to try to include skiing from all over North America and maybe even the world, but, you know, we're here in Colorado, and so no snow, but it is going to almost hit 70 today. I think it's mid-November. It's going to hit 70 today, so we're going to go ride bikes. Yeah, we are. One thing you can do if, you know, you're having the ski season blues is get fit, like, you know what, when it comes, it's going to come in hard. It's going to be knee deep. And then you're going to be like, oh, I haven't made it up on the mountain yet. That's, this that's year. the problem. Like it, once it starts snowing, it's not going to stop. And these places are going to open at a rapid pace to the point, you know, you're going to get caught out of shape and just it's not going to be a good time. You have to get back into ski shape while skiing when you should be doing that before you go skiing. Yeah. And short of last year, I feel like. All of the advanced skiing in Colorado, it roughly opens at the same time every year. Yeah. So, you know, the backside of Eldora opens late December, early January on a bad year. And 
the advanced skiing when there's fewer rocks up at Arapahoe Basin comes in January. So it always comes at the same time. It just sometimes gets scary. So don't panic. Um, How to Ski It podcast, you know, something else. I think we'll dedicate a whole show to Interstate 70 in Colorado and Cottonwood Canyon in Utah. One of the big differences is how much our civic leaders have done here in Colorado over the last 30 years. Ryan, do you know how much they've done over the last 30 years? You know, I don't. I would love to hear more. I, You know, I've only been here for six, so I can only attest to the last six years of living in Colorado, but you've been here your whole life. In 30 years of traffic issues on I-70, our civic leaders in Colorado have absolutely done nothing. And oh, don't no. be confused by the express lane that's open only 100 days a year. Um, that has really provided zero relief regardless of what they want you to believe. So we're going to talk about I-70 and back to these ski passes. You know, one of the things that made I-70 a tough sled is these mega passes. Um, You know, Ryan, are they good or bad for skiing? I feel like that's a double-edged sword. I feel like, you know, for the consumer, it's good. For my traffic on a Saturday morning, it's bad because now I have to get up at 4 a.m. to get to the hill without traffic. Um you know, with the Denver metro area exploding, everyone has a pass. Whether it's like Icon, Epic, Four Packs, whatever it is, everyone's going with skiing. And I don't know. But from my end, I think it's great for me. You know, I got both. I'll be able to get 50 days in. You know, it's 2500 bucks. But if I try to get 50 days in, buying day tickets, man, I I wouldn't make it very far. Yeah, I wish I had my calculator because that's a big number. If you were to do 50 days times, I don't know, I think a ski ticket in Colorado is probably, if I just had to guess at an average, would be $175, you know, going from like Cooper at $100 over the holidays all the way to, you know, I think some of the areas are going for like $240, $250 these days. So we're going to talk more. And on Mega Passes, is it a good or bad thing? You know, I think it's hard to argue that it's a bad thing for consumers. I just don't know that it's a good thing for skiing in general. I think that's where a lot of this overgrowth of skiing have come from is just, it's so popular and not because it's affordable, but because it, yeah, I guess it is affordable in the sense if you can afford like maybe, I don't know, you're talking you know, $2,000 a season between ski pass and, you know, you don't have to buy equipment every year, but gas and stuff like that. It's a pretty high number, but for 50 days, that's not a really big number. Yeah, no. And I think 50 days comes out to like nine grand. So that's at 175. Now, if you want to go ski veil all year, obviously that's going to be more. And, And it could be a domino effect too, right? Like the more people that buy passes, the more that these giant corporations keep saying veil, but that's just one of the giant corporations out there. They, the fatter they keep getting. So now they can go buy more land and then they get more ski resorts, which in return is better for the consumer. But is it? Yeah. Because now, because now the everyday guy or family can't drive up and buy a $50 lift ticket. It's $175 when it used to be 50 because they bought it, but I have the pass. So I get to ski there for free. It's a whole domino thing that I think we should just spend a whole episode and do some homework and see at the end of the day where it falls. Cause it's going to be somewhere in the middle. Yeah, and what about expansion? Um, You know, I'll I'll just right out say it, like, I'm a little concerned about expansion, except... I get to ski more. 
I get to ski more. And this and is what I mean. It's somewhere right in the middle. I don't know if it, there's a yes or no, a good or bad. You know, I mean, look at the expanding that's happening in Aspen. Yeah, the yeah. new Heroes Chair this year. I am super excited about that. Um, if you've ever skied Aspen Mountain, you're going to hear us talk about Aspen Mountain a lot. To me, maybe my favorite ski area um, anywhere. I love the gondola. I love going top to bottom. And I love the Walsh's. And now the Walsh's are going to go twice as far down the mountain to the bottom of the new Heroes Chair. And if you check out their new lift map, it has the lower Walsh's and it has lower Christie's. And all these, if you've skied there, all these world-class advanced runs just doubled in length. And if you've skied those runs, you get down to the catwalk and you you don't really have to hike out, but you got to skate out uh, to get back to the couch or better known as Gentleman's Ridge. And now you're just going to go right past that catwalk and go another, I don't know, like six, 700 vertical feet down. I think it's 1300 some total, but I'm super excited about that. And as long as we're going to talk about ski area expansion, uh, Winter Park, what are they doing there? Yeah. From what I read, more hike to train up at the Cirque, which I've only been up there once or twice, but never heard anyone complain about how advanced it is. And then I think they're replacing the Pioneer chair. Yeah. New detachable. Yeah. Making a high speed. So expansion's good. Um, good for the skier. I don't know if it's great for the environment, uh, depending on how many trees they have to cut down, but the high country stuff like up at the Cirque expand it. There's there's not, you're not killing anything up there. If the snow was good tomorrow, where would you go? If let's say if it was all everybody open? has everybody's like ninety five percent open with ten inches new. That's a tough question. Copper. Well, what's tomorrow Saturday? <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I agree. That's like that's like low hanging fruit. Copper Mountain, ski the Alpine Chair. Um, yeah, because even on a Saturday over there, you'd be all right. Nobody skis just the Alpine get, Chair. Just get up there early, get a good parking spot. Nobody really skis bumps anymore, and I think that's one of the things that makes Mary Jane still great. That is, was my second choice. Yeah, and and we we touched on I seventy, but we have a rule like you got to be on I seventy by six a.m. And if you get on A seventy by six a.m. and then leave by like noon thirty, you don't really have to deal with the weekend traffic. But one thirty even too. I mean, you can. As long you're, as you're out of there before you're pushing your luck yeah, at 30. Yeah, lunch once once lunch is over you're kind of you're you're walking a fine line. And if you're not familiar with I70, obviously Interstate 70 and a drive from Denver to Copper Mountain is maybe an hour and 35 40 minutes and then on a bad day it's like 8 hours. So that's that's what we're talking about. Realistically <laughs> probably closer to like three and a half. <laughs> I've done it. So we've all done it. So, I mean, but they're doing amazing improvements. No, well, not really. And then when the Texas it. plates get stuck somewhere, then it's then it's eight hours. You know, and it can be rough. So, um, what else are we talking about for this year? We're going to talk about equipment. Everybody's like, "Hey, you got to try out my new this, that, and the other thing. It's the greatest thing in the world. It's like parabolic skis are new every year." Um, so we'll talk about equipment. Ryan, what are you skiing on this year? Pair of skis, you know, better than yours. Yeah. <laughs> no, I got a pair of Liberty Origins I got last year. I love them. Um, won't replace them. I don't, I got new boots last year too. It's good for another year or two. Um, might get a new helmet though. That's always important. I, I had this burn helmet like 
15 years ago that had music in it and they don't make that same helmet anymore. And I've been through 10 helmets since then. You just want um, to go back. I know I, I did go back to a burn, but it doesn't have music. So I just wear my AirPods now, but it's a dangerous game. Yeah. And, and also you can't really talk to anybody because <laughs> you can't like, we're hearing. Yeah. And I love the chips. It's just the burn helmet I have. And the chips are the, the Bluetooth things that go inside your ear pads. And those right. are great. Cause you just touch it to turn it on and touch it to turn it off. But a new helmet is a great thing. And I probably didn't do this when I was younger, but when you take a good banger on your head, it's, it's, it is a good time to consider getting a new helmet. Um, and so, yeah, mine's three or four years old and I definitely should have been replacing this a long time ago. Time for a new helmet for Ryan. Yeah. So lots of good choices out there. If you guys have helmets you like, you know, tell us what you think about all the stuff we're talking about. And if you have ideas for shows that you want us to do and stuff like that, we will, but equipment will be a few shows in its own. I'm skiing on a pair of Rosignol sender ti 106 i bought them last year but i didn't really ski on them last year they weren't really the ski i thought um they're much heavier than the rosignol soul 7 that i had before that and they're just they're like tanks and so on a few of the big powder days i had at steamboat last year they were fantastic and they're a great ski all around but i just i'm i'm a rock phobic and so i just never last year thought there was enough snow even though it was a record year i just kept thinking well i'll just keep skiing on these soul sevens it'll be fine we need to start a poll about the soul sevens and how many people want to bring them back because it's it's the majority of rosy skiers i know that they came out with that the the new pair that you got but they need the to, they, sender the sender yeah it's a cool looking ski didn't i can't they, didn't they come out with the black op too I th yeah, I, I don't follow their line like I used to. I don't follow equipment, period, in skis anymore like I used to, that I'm like, yeah, those one boots and stuff like that. Yeah. So if you have thoughts on equipment, put that in. What else do we need to talk about today before we wrap up our episode one? And, and I promise huh, our future uh -huh. shows will be more directed towards a specific ski area and a specific – day kind of skiing we do focus a lot on advanced skiing um it just you know like maybe here's a simple question for you ryan what like what what does skiing mean to you like why do you ski it's tough to answer that uh, i think it's just something i've always known in the winter you know it was play sports all summer ski all winter it was somewhere you know parents could ship us off to to ski school on the weekends and go about their day. And then as you got older, people had cars and that's what you did after school. You went night skiing. I'm from the East coast. I guess I should de declare that and just let everyone know the snowpack's my fault. Every year there's a bad snowpack. It's cause I came from the East coast, but, uh, yeah. What was that ski club you always bring up? It uh, sounds cool, but the Wissahickon ski club, the Wissahickon ski hill, uh, grew up skiing a T-bar and, Conshohocken, in Pennsylvania, natural snow only. It was a, uh, it's a pretty cool place. Don't check it out. Don't look it up. It's uh, <laughs> we're not. There's memberships aren't available. Let's just put it that way. Um, long time member there. I'm an out of state member now, and I I ski on re real hills. But um, no, skiing has just been a part of my life. Um, parents just they did me right. You know, I was very very fortunate to be able to ski and um have skis and you know be on the snow it's just something i love to do and will always love to do 
Yeah, and I want to give a shout out to my mom and dad. Chuck and Doris Downey were borderline ski bums. They used ski school and stuff for daycare for me and my sister. My dad would ski with us on his back in a little Gerber baby carrier, and he would ski advanced skiing with us in his back. Like you'd go to. Could you get away with that today? You could not get away with that today. But I also credit that for giving me this extra gear when it comes to skiing that I don't know, like, I guess when you're an infant and you're on your dad's back skiing at the highlands, um, it translates later. So, and yeah, and I, I love skiing. It's, it's the thing I look forward to all year. We mentioned earlier that we're a, we do digital media. And so most of what we do is sporting events and they take place in the spring, summer, and fall. And we really don't do anything in the winter except plan for the next year. So it gives us a bunch of time to get out there and ski. So, yeah. And, and I think it's going back to why. Or well, why, I want, I want to just mention, but, but no, but like, but like, let me cut you off before you cut me off. I just had one thing to say though. I didn't grow up skiing at the Wissahackin <laughs> ski club. My parents took you to Aspen. Yeah. We skied Arapahoe basin more than anywhere. And then in high school, um, we did this thing called the Buffalo ski club, Tommy Thompson's Buffalo ski club. And it was like a ski bus that drove us from Boulder to Mary Jane, maybe 10 days a year to ski and come back. And so, you got you used to be able to take the train. You used to, well, you can from still Bo- take the well, train. Yeah, but not from Boulder. Yeah. Well, right outside of Boulder, like right past El Dorado Springs, you could get on the train right off uh highway 93. But the reason they ended that is it was like a, a gravel parking lot and then people would just line up and the train would stop. But then you know how people are, they'd be pushing and shoving to be get near the doors yeah. and there's a train like trying to come to a stop. <laughs> so they ixnade that. So now you got to go all the way to downtown Denver, which for me, it's not worth it. Yeah. Mary Jane's close as, as close as downtown Denver to me. Yeah. Anyway, you were saying, I forget, man. <laughs> I totally forget. And it's fine. It's okay. We'll get, we'll get to it the next episode. And we skipped over in ski passes where we intended to talk a little bit more about like, are these passes good or bad? And it's a thousand bucks, blah, blah, blah. There's some super awesome four packs out there, including Loveland 269. It's not too late. The best deal going. Yeah. And amazing advanced skiing in Loveland. So, um, I think you said it best. If I didn't get both passes, I'd have a four pack to, to Loveland. Um, let's wrap it up more focused in the future we just wanted to introduce give you an idea what we're going to talk about as soon as the snow starts flying we're going to go we're going to go make some runs we're going to invite people to ski with us we're going to come back and talk about it we're going to talk about the season how the industry is coming along new equipment um fun people to ski with like i said we're going to make it down to telluride this year i got my fingers crossed we're going to make it up to whistler I'll bet we ski Eldora 20 times. I'll bet we ski Copper 10 times. I'll bet we ski Mary Jane 10 times. And then we're going to use all seven of those punches up at Aspen and Snowmass. X Games. X Games, the biggest secret, which we're about to give away. So we're probably ruining the weekend. And cut. Everybody from Aspen leaves town that weekend and then everybody that goes up there just goes up there to watch the X Games. And the mountains are somewhat wide open. And probably 15 years in a row, I've been up in Aspen for the X Games. And I've maybe made it to the X Games about half of those times. But I've skied like three days. And I plan to do it again this year. And, of course, we'll do a 
We'll do an episode from Winter X 500 Aspen, Colorado. Maybe we'll bring a guest on. We got, some, we got some friends up there. We do have some friends up there. So this is How to Ski It. It's a passion project. Love on us, hate on us. It's all the same because we're going to be skiing. And talking smack on the podcast. All right. I'm going to bring our intro song in one more time. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you in the future. How to Ski It, the podcast dedicated to the art, thrill, and soul of skiing. Uh, 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 uh.